Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Dangerous, Chapter 10. When he had a boring day at work, it was the norm to have a few days of routine calls and then one that taxed personnel to their very limits. On a difficult shift, there could be ter terrible wrecks, tempted robberies, suicides, and futile foot chases after suspects that ended in frustration. There could be officers injured, there could be suspects who resisted arrest, there could be drunks with guns daring police to evict them from an abusive wife's house. There could even be dog attacks on wild animal attacks, but this day was uneventful, except for a chase after a stolen car that finally resulted in arrest. Guess who made the caller? When he asked Killraven, when she and Matt were in the Jaguar with him, headed for the hospital in San Antonio. I'll bite, Killraven said. McGrady, she replied, he gave her him, him. She said, glanced at Matt in the back seat, who was frowning curiously. He's a deputy with the sheriff's department. He's famous for losing funeral processions in inaccessible places. He has no sense of direction, so when he does something like this, we're all surprised. Magrant, I get it. Maybe. Carson Haynes was right, and all he needed was a little self-confidence. Killraven said, maybe so, Winnie laughed. The hospital was crowded. Killraven maneuvered Matt's wheelchair through the crowds, with Winnie following close behind as they made their way to a Detective Gail Rogers' room. Mom, Matt explained, reaching up. She laughed and leaned over, grimacing at the painful effect of hugging. You're okay, then, she asked, finding tears. Of course I'm okay, he scuffed. He sat back down and grinned at her. You look pretty good. He said he was fighting tears too, although he tried to hide it. I just got shot, she said. No big deal. Right, Matt Tron. Rogers looked past him and Winnie and Cable but I think I may have missed something. The nurse said he went home with the Sinclairs. How did he end up at the ranch? We knew who his father was the minute we saw him, he said quietly. I would try to apologize, but I don't know where to start. Boone and Clark feels the same way. <sighs> Gail lay back on her pillow and looked at her daughter with quiet breath. I never tried to explain, she said after a minute. Your father was furious when he knew I was pregnant. I tried to tell him the child was his, but I couldn't get him to listen. Finally, I just quit trying. There was no use to try and contact any of your kids. He would have stopped any attempt, and he'd had made you pay for it. I had Matt got on with my life. He's been a joy, she said, glancing at her youngest son with a smile. That's in between being a holy terror, Matt laughed. That's what she calls me. <laughs> he likes to take the chair for rides downhill, she said, making a face on him. See these gray hairs? She asked him, pointing at the top of her head. You gave them all to me. I like going fast, Matt, Matt protested. Not that I get much speed in this old thing, he muttered. I'm not complaining yet, but it helps build up my arm strength. We've got a motorized one ordered, when he said, surprising everyone in the room. She smiled. Boone had them do a one-day ship. We'll have it tomorrow. Well, go with me. You can't argue when he had a friendly. You know how the Sinclairs are with the... Get the bit between their teeth? Boone and Clark want to see you, she said then. But they won't come until you say it's okay. She bit her lower lip. She was hesitant, and when he understood why, she moved closer to me. We all had a rough time, she said. So it isn't going to be easy. Trying to put our family back together, but we won't want to. Especially me. Gail took it along. We can try. Then he smiled. It was uniform. Yes, we can. When do I get to come and stay with you? Matt asked Kelvin. Not that I don't like the ranch. 
I like it a lot, Matt said, but he works for the CIA, he said aloud. Maybe he can use his influence to get me them to hire me when I get out of college. Can't even laugh. Maybe I can if I stay. If I still have any, um, still have any by then. I'll bet you've got all sorts of top-secret gadgets, too, don't you? <laughs> he persisted. A few, kill every minute, but some of them were classified. Darn, you can see the ones that aren't. When? Kill <laughs> every We're getting married Friday. Wow, we'll be in church with Mr. and everything. Can I come? It will be at judge's office when he said come. Of course you can come. Oh, Matt seemed very disappointed. Kill him if I don't come. I want coffee. I want hot chocolate, Matt said. Can we go get something and bring it back here? I guess so. You want something? Yes, woman. Coffee would be nice, when he said. Yes, sir. They'll never let you give me caffeine. I know. I tried to bribe one of the nurses to bring the pot in here. Vicious girl, she muttered. Made all sorts of threats if I just had my service weapon. Now, now, no shooting up hospitals. Kill Raven tried. What would people think of the department if Marquise had to bail you out of jail and you in a hospital gown? Gail Glowder, I hate hospitals. Yes, well, they save a lot of lives. Kill Raven reminder. So they do. We won't be long. Kill Raven said he pushed Matt ahead of him out the door. When he stared at her mother with wide, soft eyes, she was trying to reconcile the memories of 12 years ago with a woman in the hospital bed. You've changed, when he said, Yeah. Her mother said, with a chuckle, I've gotten older and meaner. I bet you, she put her lip. It's hard to put into words. I remember you always waiting on Daddy, bringing him things that he could have gotten for himself. You wouldn't even make himself a sandwich. You were always jumping up every time we called. You aren't docile like that anymore. You're like, well, you're like the people I work with in Jacobs County. He said with a face They're hard people because they do a hard job. But they're always there when you need them. They never let you down. That's what I mean. <laughs> I let you down, though, didn't I, baby? She has said, well, such a wimp, Winnie. Let your father walk all over me from the day I was 16 and we got married. I was raised thinking that's what women are supposed to do. She smiled. Your Uncle Bruce was a high roller. He was flamboyant and full of dreams, funny and fun to be with. I never met anybody like him. He came to see your father 12 years ago and made it dead set for me. I've been dominated and ignored and taken for granted for so many years. She broke off. I didn't know he hated your father and wanted to score off him. I didn't know. That's why he kept his distance from us, except for Christmas cards once a year. I fell and fell hard, so we ran away together. She said, went to Vegas and I got a divorce. Then we got a quickie wedding and went to the Bahamas. That was when I knew why he always was so hyper. He was a drug user. He shot up in the room and wanted me to join him. She lay back on the pillows, agonizing over the memories. I used my ticket and came back to the States. Went to sleep with him. He came to see me and confessed that he'd only wanted me because he hated your father for, as he called, cheating him out of the ranch. It didn't happen that way, but that's another story. He never slept with him? Matt had told her so much, but she needed to hear from him. I found him repulsive when I saw him using drugs. I could never do that. You know, I never even had a parking ticket my whole life. My grandfather was a U.S. Marshal. Wow, when he said that would be my great-grandfather. <laughs> Gail nodded. He was quite a guy. I used to have clippings of some of his exploits, but I wouldn't know where to look for him. After all this time, I imagine your father threw all my things out. Actually, he didn't get the chance to when he told her. You remember old George? He drives the cattle trucks for us? Yes. Daddy put the stuff out and told him to carry it off, but George had it hid it in the attic. While well, Daddy was gone hunting, Gail was surprised. And he didn't throw it out, Winnie. He had good reason to. 
I didn't think about it when he confessed. I was just 10 years old. George said we had to keep it, and he was grown up, so I kept the secret. She smiled. I hadn't thought about it in years. All those things, even your trunk. They're still up in the attic. She asked, you might like to come down and look at them sometime. Gail smiled. I was like, I might. What happened after you got home from the Bahamas? When he asked, I had no money. Your father cut off my credit cards. And emptied our joint bank account. She said, was, I had a little savings account that he couldn't touch. Just a few thousand dollars, but it was enough to get me an apartment and some clothes where I didn't know how I was going to make a living, but I thought about Granddaddy and I knew I might have a future in law enforcement. I was, an I was athletic and healthy and strong for my health, for my height, and I looked younger than I really was, so I applied. And they accepted me. I did the police academy thing, graduated with honors, got a job with San Antonio Police Department. Last year, got promoted to homicide detective sergeant. It's the best job I've ever had. I love it. I worked as a clerk for the Jacobsville Police Department for a while before I got the job as a 911 operator. When he told her, I figured I was too soft to be a cop. <laughs> Kill that, so did I, but I seemed to fit right in. Our uncle, he lived in San Antonio, didn't he? Oh. Yes, he did, she said early. He was a pest. I always need money, wanting loans, wanting me to go back to your father and make up, make it all up to him so that he could get forgiven and back in your father's good graces, she chagrined. All those dreams he had, but the drugs got in the way of anything he tried to do. In the end, they killed him, but not before he'd done permanent damage to Matt. Matt told us about it when he said, calling. I couldn't believe a man would be so cold-hearted as to do this, that to his own nephew. He could do that. He could do that and more, she said. He got mixed up with Senator Saunders, hoodlum brother. She added, thought he was just a gopher, just an extra hand for the local bad guys. But he might have had his hand in more than that. I didn't want anything to do with him, but but especially after he crippled Matt and almost killed him. I swear to God, if I could have proved it, I'd had him sent to prison for life for attempted murder. But it was only Matt's word against his. She sugared. He always could talk his way out of anything. She lay back on the pillows with him. Then he had to call to come to the apartment when I was working and tell Matt that he needed to borrow the motorized wheelchair. Matt's so good-hearted. He said, sure. She went, he sold it to buy drugs. I saved every extra dime I had for almost a year and a half just to afford it. Then my co-workers put in the last couple hundred dollars. I was short. <laughs> Straight off. I will have a new one tomorrow. She said, if it's all right. Go looked at the ceiling finding. One stupid mistake. <laughs> I made one stupid mistake and I've paid for it. Over and over again. If I can only go back and change it. <laughs> but there's no way you get paid a higher price than I did for that. One mistake I made. I'm so sorry, Winnie. So sorry. She was sobbing when he ran to her, pulled the blonde head into her arms and rocked her crying. It's okay, Mama. She whispered, it's okay. Sobs grew louder. Gail had gone so long without hope, missing her children, wanting to see them. It had been impossible. Now here was her daughter, forgiving her, comforting her. It was like a new start. It was even worse getting shots. When he laughed, because she said the last bit out loud, please don't get shot again. She asked gently, I'll do my best, baby. Gail promised. She drew back, dabbing at her eyes with the sheets. When he pulled out a paper towel and dabbed at her own eyes, Gail Raven peered in the door and hesitated. Women's terrorists and sobbing society. Gail Raven quipped. What a great legend for a t-shirt. When he explained, oh, I have some made up right away. She glanced from mother. You can have one, too. I'll wear it to work and drive my lieutenant. 
bonkers. Kill promise laughing. Go Raven Hayden, we need a cup of coffee and a plastic. It looks weak. I don't care, it's still coffee, she said. What I wouldn't get for a cup of that. I'll let you share it, but the nurses would probably smile on your breath and have us thrown out when he's raising evil girls. Calmer muttered. I understand from the night nurse that you've been an interesting patient. Kilwerman said with personal between that. Sneaking out the door and down to the street in your gown and a robe to have a cigarette. She glared at him. You can't smoke in here. They won't let you. You could quit, he pointed out. You know what you could do, too? Gail shot right back. He chuckled as he glanced at me. See, that's you in 20 years. God forbid, Gail said. Stop that, when he told her. You're not too bad. I guess I ought to quit smoking, sure enough. But it won't help my other shortcomings. I yell at people. I do terrible things to uniform officers. Gail began. What do you do to uniform officers? Kill Raven wondered. Only if they threaten to mess up my crime scene. Gail said defensively. What? I send them to other precincts to question people I think might be involved in my cases. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. When they coming? I give them false names of people and lock up. She confessed. And you're calling the nurses evil. Kill Raven asked. She glad They won't let me smoke and drink coffee. You should quit smoking. Kill Raven pointed out. Oh, sure. It's easy. I'll start right now. Gil said sarcastically. Have you ever tried to quit? Sure, I quit two years ago. And I quit five years before that. And I quit seven years ago. He smiled. Have you ever stayed quit? I've been clean for two years, he pointed out. As long as I don't have anything traumatic to upset me, I probably can stay quit for the rest of my life. Gil was looking up curiously. That's a big if. I like cigars. He glanced at Winnie when she made a face. I'm not the only person around who likes a good cigar. They say the governor of California likes them too. Smelly, stinky things. Winnie scoffed. Yes, well, if you marry me, you'll just have to get used to them, won't you? Not for long, she said under her breath. Lean back and shrug. Yes, not for long. I wish I could come to the wedding, Gail said heavily, but they won't let me out for another few days. I don't even know. How many? The doctor won't come in here anymore. I can't ask him. I saw him in the hall, Kilroom said. He says he's never coming back in here because you grill him like a murder suspect. I do not, she said on the I only wanted to know when I could go home. It's the way you ask him, Kilroom said. Need to work on your people skill, Roger, she pointed out. Blow my people's skills, she returned hotly. I can't sit around here in my underwear while whoever shot me goes from bar to low life bar bragging about it. I want to lock him up and throw away the key as soon as I find out who the hell he is. You may not be bragging about it. Of course he's bragging about it. He shot a cop and got away with it. She said smiling, dark eyes now, but not for long. I'll track him down if it takes me five years. See? Kilgrim said non toward Winnie's mother. That's why she makes a good detective. Speaking of detectives, are there any closer to finding out who blindsided Marquise? Gail asked the burden. No, Kilgrim told They're still working the case. So add yours to it. I bet half my pension that you're connected, that they're connected somehow. It's all connected, Gail said. The murder of your family, the deep being of the little Camacho River in Jacobsville, the death of Senator Fowler's employee, Marquise mugging, and my wounds. All tied together. Something else, Kill Raven. I seriously think we should reopen the case of that young girl who was found murdered just before your family was killed. K 
kill Raven Silver Island. You still think there's a connection? Why? Look at the cases, she said intently. Both victims were found in such a condition that only DNA could identify him. The killers have been killers have never been found. I heard that the killer left the thermos near the submerged car that the perp was driving, left it out in the open, wiped clean of prints. Her eyes now. Bruce Sinclair, my ex-husband, had one just like it. My question is, how did it wind up in Jacobsville? Did you actually give it to someone? I don't know, but we need to find out. You might go to see that hot, hot pet girlfriend of his, the one who was living with him. Gail suggested, I don't know if she's sober enough to remember anything, but it's worth a try. Just be careful, he said. Somebody's talking people connected with this case. This isn't the time to be careful, we replied. It's time to put the heat on the perps to take the fight into their own territory. I have a hunch that Senator Will Saunders' brother is up to his neck in this cases. Gail nodded. So do I. How do we prove him? Kill Raven Lee Baggister. I'm going to put the word out on the street that Hank Saunders is being looked at as a potential suspect in two assaults on law enforcement officers. Let's see what happens. Gal's dark eyes fell. What original thinking? Thank you. It just might flush somebody out. Or he might sacrifice somebody to get the heat off himself. Or he might tell his brother this. Or he might tell the brother, his brother the senator, and the two of you might be out of a job when he said something. In which case, Kilroy, we'll go to Senator Fowler and plead our cases. He had Saunders back off before when he took your mother off the case and busted her back to traffic duty. Senator Saunders, had you demoted? Senator Saunders, had you demoted? She asked Gail Sharp. Gail nodded. I didn't know it at the time, until Alice Jones let something slip about her fiancé's father. That's Senator Fowler, she added. Yes, Harley's father. When he nodded. Who? Gail wanted to know. Harley Fowler. He works beside Parks on his ranch. Gail sure. That's after my time, I'm afraid. I don't know Mr. Parks. He's very nice. Nice. Kill Raven chuckled with glance at her. Listen, that old Lobo wolf may be married and have kids, but don't think he's tame. I forgot. She told Gail with a smile. Mr. Parks was a professional soldier. A mercenary for many years before he settled in Jacobsville. We all thought he was just another rancher until drug lords started setting up camp nearby. He and Dr. Micah Stilt and Ebscop went after the drug lords with Harley and shut down the whole operation. I did hear about that, Carol Small one. So on the papers, even on the television news. No interviews though. <laughs> that would take magic, kill him coming. None of those dudes like publicity even now that they're retired. Well, maybe Epscop wouldn't mind. He runs a state of an art training camp for counterterrorism in Jacobsville. We use his firing range for practice. It's formidable. <laughs> So was Mr. Scott from what we hear when he left. He got married, too, a few years back. He and his wife had a son, I believe. Corrin had that far away look in his eyes. He thought of his little girl. Last time he'd seen her, his face hardened. Too many people were getting away with murder. A teenage girl, he and John had com commented on it. Look at Carol Frown. You were talking about reopening that case, the one with the teenage girl. That was just before he got shot. Did you mention it to anyone downtown? She might. Well, to a couple people, I guess, he said. The senator's little brother probably has an ear in your department. Otherwise, how would the senator have known that you'd reopen my cold case? Yes. Good point, Kilraven. So what if this dead teenager is the case they don't want anyone looking at? What if there's a connection? I was thinking that, too, Gail replied. You may be onto something. There's another thing. There was a statutory rape case against Senator Saunders some years ago. Remember it? Gailfriend. Yes, teenage girl 14, I believe. Her father and mother refused to let her testify against him. The charges were dropped. Yes, and the next day, Daddy was driving a new convertible Jaguar. 
How ironic, Gilbert said sarcastically. That was a case I wanted to reopen, yelled Mummer, just so I could tell her father what I thought of him. Kelly was at him and said, That might be the way to break the case wide open, he said, thinking about Maybe you could talk to the girl. Gail nodded slowly. She might be able to tell me something about how the senator handled her. Or rather, how his brother handled her. That might give us a lead into how he operates when he wants something hushed up. We're getting close. But in a way, we didn't even realize. Come on, said, When you get out of here, that has to be your priority. His eyes narrowed. There's one living witness who can testify to Senator Saunders' tactics with teenage girls. The teenager would be a woman now. She might talk to you. It's been some time since the case was dropped, she mused. Anything could have happened in the meantime. The girl's grown and living on her own. I'd imagine, away from her father's influence, she really might be willing to talk to me. It's worth a try. Yes, Gilmore said. Well worth it. But first, you have to get well. She grimaced. I can't believe I was stupid enough to let myself get shot. That's what Marquise keeps saying, although he got beaten up instead of shot. Kill Raven coming. Either way, we're sidelined, she said heavenly. Shifted and groaned. The pain medicine was wearing off. She reached beside her and jiggled the drip catheter. She said, that's better. Damn thing gets sluggish from time to time. They put the painkiller right in it. She had Beats having to call them in here four times a day to put it in me manually. She said, I really hate drugs, you know. Well, right now, I can't say much against them. It really helps with the pain. I know, Gilbert says, but it gets better. It just takes time. Time, she nodded her eyes closed. I'm so tired. You should get some rest. When he said, she stood up and moved to the bed, bending to kiss her mother's forehead, smoothed back the blonde hair. I'll come back to see you tomorrow. We'll bring Matt. She stopped looking. Around. Where is Matt? She just realized that he hadn't come with Gilbert. He met a girl about his age in a wheelchair down at the drink machines. They both love video games. He was going to have his hot chocolate with her. They hear wheels rolling about that time. Turned to see Matt coming in the door. Sorry, he told him. I forgot the time. There was this girl, nice girl. I got her email address. He had it. He was, if I ever get email, I can send her one. He corrected. I have email. Killed her and said easily and smiled. You can use mine. Thanks. Moved the chair beside Gail's bed. Sorry I wasn't in here. I was I was supposed to be visiting you, but that girl had an incredible score at Super Mario Brothers. She got busted up in a car wreck too, but it was really an accident, not deliberate like mine. Are we leaving already? He added when when he slipped into her coat. Your mother's tired, Gilroy said gently. She needs rest so she can get well quicker. Yes, I do, Gilroy. She smiled, held her arms, tugged me. You'd be good for your brothers and sister. She said, I'm being very good, aren't I, sis? Took Winnie a minute to realize it was her he was addressing. She flushed a little laugh. Yes, you are. Little brother, she flat up warm inside with the words. He grinned. Trying to be anyway, he meant it. We'll see you again tomorrow, won't we? Yes, I do You bet. See you tomorrow, Mom. He told Gail. He said, you know, you're right about the smoking. He said, I know you do it outside, so it won't affect me. But it's affecting you. I don't want to lose you. See? She held out her arm, fine tears, hugged him close. She went over. Okay, kid. Okay, kid. That's what you want, I'll do it. Really? Really? She looked past him at the two dogs. Just don't be surprised when you all have to come and bail me out of jail for climbing walls and threatening other police officers. Go ahead and personal There are new products that deal with the side effects. I could buy a yacht for what they cost, I muttered. That isn't a problem, and don't argue. When he said it once, she gave her mother from Well, kill, right, she killed me. 
She's me in 20 years, huh? Kill Rivena. No wonder he's planning on a short marriage. She told Winnie. So when he left, it was easier to joke about it than face it. You get well. We'll see you again soon. Take care. The other said their goodbyes to and left. Winnie ruffled Matt. You better be good, or I'll tell Boone. She turned. Horrors, he said, but he laughed. When he looked up, killed Raymond's mouth. Thanks for driving us. He slipped his hand into his pocket and struck. I'm not overburdened with work right now. Enjoy it. Your mother's in a class of her own. Yes, when he said proudly. She is. The wedding was a quiet affair. Boone and Keeley stood up with Winnie and killed Raymond while Matt and Clark and a few other local citizens who heard about the wedding filled the benches near the door outside the probate judge's office. The judge and woman looked from one of them to the other. You ready? She asked. They nodded. Please join hands. She looked at her book. Do you want Ona Sinclair to take McEwen and kill Raven for your husband? McEwen? But he said it softly surprised. Ona's name for a famous poet. He said, Clara, nurse. She smiled. I noticed. It suits you. I like it. He smiled back. Thanks. Ahem. <laughs> they glanced at the poet. Sorry, what he said. She left, shaking her head, and she continued. And they were married. Kill Raven bent to brush his mouth gently over Winnie's, but not with any great enthusiasm. He looked uncomfortable to his dark suit, distinguished and almost untouchable. Winnie was certain he was remembering his first wedding, and she was positive it wasn't in some probate judge's office. Probably his first wife had had all the trimmings, including a beautiful gown and flowers. And congratulations, Mrs. Kilraven. Keely laughed and hugged. Mrs. Kilraven, when he said, Shark did the same in the sound of the name that was now hers. Hey, that's you, Keely teased. Sorry, I was just thinking, she replied, and then flushed. She couldn't admit she'd been regretting her wedding. Don't, Keely was. Just be happy. It's only temporary, when he whispered. It is? Keely replied and whispered and winked. Ben bent to kiss his sister tree. You made a pretty bride, he said, admiring her neat figure in the white suit she was wearing with pillbox hat and tiny veil. She was clutching a small bouquet that she had made up. White roses and baby's breath. Kilraven hadn't even noticed her suit or the bouquet. She was certain he hadn't thought of, of oftener one. He was somber and quiet and introspective. She knew it wasn't the happiest day of his life, but it was exciting to her. She was married. Even if only lasted a few weeks, she was Kilraven's bride. She smiled so radiantly that the newspaper forgot photographer covered the private affair was almost too stunned by her beauty to snap the picture, but he managed. End of chapter 10.